week I was speaking I spoke about the woman with an issue of blood isn't it and I still believe that we need to what we need to consider in life and I would like to go to Romans my one of my favorite scriptures, Romans chapter 4, verse 17. I read it last week. Uh, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, that is God, who gives life to the dead and called those things who do not exist as though they exist. Oh my God. Who, contrary to hope, I love this area, in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendant be. Abraham, lifestyle, the Bible calls him our father. Because he's the father of all those who believe. I also think that he is the first person like the believer who came out of unbelieving life to a believer. The rest of the Jews who were born, they became God's children just because they were born by somebody. <laughs> By they came from Abraham, that he was called from the world, let me say that, and engrafted God made a covenant with him. The same way we were also called from the world, and we have become uh, God's love and friends. Hallelujah. So, in this, I think the believer's life is almost uh, compared to Abraham's life. He lived a life that was challenging and the Bible says that and the area which I read as was written that you shall be a father of many nations. This is a man who have grown his marriage and he grew old and the promise came when uh, everything seems impossible and sometimes I don't know why God wait until it looks like everything is impossible and that is when God set in if you are in a position and you've got to a fixed place where it looks like everything is gone I want to tell you 
the God of Abraham will appear to you today. He had an attitude. The Bible says that he believed God. The first thing, anything you speak, you hear about Abraham, it is his faith in God. His faith in God. And calling things which be not. You see, God called things which be not as though they were. So to God, whether the thing is there or not, he can create something to replace what you are thinking. Abraham did not look at his body, which was weak. It does not say that Abraham didn't have a weak body. <laughs> Sometimes unbelievers say that, oh, yes, I am not sick. No, no, that's not what he said. He said, oh, even though he's feeling sick, oh, no, no, anyhow. But you don't look at that. There is a promise that overrides the disease and the sickness in your body. And that is what you must look at. You may not know, today you don't have money. Yes, true. Say, oh, pastor, I am rich. Yes, the Bible says, you know the, what the people God said, we should say they are rich. He said, let the one. So, the fact is that you are poor. <laughs> Isn't it? That if you feel you're poor, this is your confession. It doesn't mean that there's money in your pocket. That's why you're confessing that there is money in my pocket. It doesn't mean that because you're very strong, that's why you're confessing that I am strong. It doesn't mean that because you can give birth, you have many children. That's why you call yourself father of many nations. <laughs> if you look at the things around you, your confession will change. And your, whatever you say is what you get. Throughout the scriptures, those who did great and mighty things, those who received victories, they did not look at the challenges they met. They rather look at the solution that is there. Most of the time, we magnify the problem more than the solution. And any time you meet a situation and you magnify, the situation becomes so magnified in your eyes, know that you are defeated. Either you magnify something above the situation and which is Christ, then that brings you divine victory. I spoke last week about the issue of blood. I'm going to just give example of so many people in the Bible. Caleb, an example, and Joshua. Twelve strong men chosen from every tribe. All the tribe were represented. Twelve people went on a journey. Twelve people saw the same situation. Twelve people met the same problem. Twelve people came back. None of them died. But their reports were different. 
saw the situation differently. And two saw the situation differently. They all went through the same land. They all met the same situation. They all saw the same opportunities. They all saw the same threats. But some, 10 of them, put all their faith and their life and all their mind on the threat instead of the opportunity. Are you getting me? Ten saw giant. Do you know that? Do you think that Caleb and Joshua didn't see the giant? They also saw the giant. They all saw the giant. But when Caleb and Joshua saw the giant, they said, wow, God is going to make me a giant killer. <laughs> Anybody who kills a giant <laughs> looks big. <laughs> so they are seeing themselves being elevated by killing giants. The rest also saw the giant and said, this giant are going to kill us. So, if you face a situation, a sickness, a disease, what would be your confession? Are you seeing yourself being killed by poverty or you killing the poverty from your family home? I'm asking you a question. <laughs> Answer it for yourself. When they came, they carried what was promised, what God promised them. They said, truly, when we went to land, all that God said is what? True. But, that's a but. Whatever God has promised you, it be true. There is a but. To every promise of God, there are giants on that land. Those giants should not disinherit you. They are there for you to overcome. Every promise of God that God gives to any man, I am sure and I'm telling you, there are giants. There's both the promise which is nice and the second, the giant which is also around. <laughs> it is those that go through the giant and overcome. You cannot be an overcomer if you don't fight. The greatest, you see, when you go to a war, and meet the strongest person or the strongest nation and you defeat the strongest nation, you become a hero. How do you know that? They call you a hero because you face a very strong opposition and you overcame it. So, the things you see on your way like giant. The Bible says, don't look at it. Look at the promises which God gave you. Face God's promises before you. 
Look at it. Do not turn your eyes off from it. Hold on to it. Giants are there. The three, the ten people gave the report. And that night, the entire, entire nation had a funeral service. They saw themselves dead and they were crying. And two of them said, shut up. So the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. Continue. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. So they start saying that, why did I become a Christian? If I knew I was going to face all this situation. You know some Christians say that. When they face, especially some people start believing God for a husband or a wife. It gets to a point, no man is coming, no woman is coming. They say, ah, if I were in the world, I would have married, I would have got my children. What is the guarantee that if you had sex in the world, you will have a child? <laughs> what is the guarantee that if you had a boyfriend, you would have had a child? People marry at age 20 and give birth at age 45. So a child is not a guarantee for marriage early, marrying earlier. for me. But children are what? Gift from God. They turn against Moses and Aaron. They say, you people should have left us to die in Egypt. And that is what so many Christians always say. They took stones and decided, wanted to finish them. But I wanted to look to God. The two of them stood and I loved the statement they made. They said, if God is pleased with us, Caleb, and Joshua. He silenced all of them. And when they gave the evil report and said, we know God will take us to that land. He will enable us. He will give us the power. He will give us his strength. He will go before us and fight for us. They see nothing except the promise. They saw no one apart from the promised land. They inheriting and they were imagining they building their houses and living with their family in that land. That was their imagination. They were already on that land. Some of us have been defeated mentally before we start the battle. I want you to be very strong. And God said, because these people did not believe, 
the two who, have, who, are, who are already on that land in their mind, they will be there. And truly the two of them got there because they did not consider the giant, but rather considered the ability of God. David also met the whole Israel face the Philistines. And this time, it is not general combat. It's one-to-one. They say, give us one. And they brought their giant. You see, the enemy will always move you to the place of strength. When he wants to fight you, he wants to shift you to a place he can frighten you. And one of the worst strategies is to put fear in your enemy. Sometimes people don't have weapons, but the way they will make them, their, their noise, you yourself, before you get close to them, you're, you're gone. You'll run away. You'll run away and they'll be chasing you with your superior weapons. So he stood and challenged the entire Israel that let one person come insulted them, insulted their God, insulted everybody. Like how sometimes people will insult God and insult Christians. And there's no one to stand. Everybody ran and hid because the moment you see the height, the weight, the, the, the man, and you compare the man to yourself, you have to run away. And while they were there, 40 days, Saul himself, the moment the man comes out and speaks, they all ran with fear and terror. And they were put, they were locked out. They were put out of the situation and they were all afraid, shivering. Then David came to the scene and saw the same giant his brother saw. The same giant the general saw. The same giant the president saw. The same giant which the strong people of Israel saw and ran. David also saw the same giant, but he did not consider the giant and all the weapons he had. What he considered was his God. And the ability of his God to deliver. So when he saw, he saw his God. Secondly, he also saw an opportunity and promotion. He said, when people are desperate, imagine. You could lay hands immediately for COVID to disappear. And you've proven it several times. None have failed. And maybe some president gets one. And they know you can do it. They will fly you from this place to wherever it is the person is. 
It doesn't matter whether the hand is black or yellow or green. And once you lay your hands and the person gets healed, you become a hero. Anytime you are walking to the palace or to Jubilee House or to any other place, the moment you get there, the door gets open. Because this is the one that carries the power that can change situation which nobody can change. Are you getting me? David threw a challenge. He saw it. Everybody was running. He said, why are they running? And they said, oh, this is a giant. And he looked at him, where is he? He said, this, is a, this guy is a friend. He said, this, oh, this guy. I said, ah. Having to read about what God did for our father Abraham, he took few soldiers, 300 and something, and captured and beat and retrieved things from great kings which everybody was afraid. Having to read about Joshua, having to read about Israel, when they were in the wilderness and they didn't know how to fight and they were moving and the uh, Amalekite attacked them, having to read that God fought for them, he knew the history. He knew what God had done before. He said, what? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And his confession changed. You know, he confessed. He did not say, this man, Ajay, my woe. I don't like that word. I said I was in the plane somewhere. There was some, uh, how do you call it? That plane is in the plane was shaking. And some lady was by. He said, Ajay. He said, Yeah, woe. I said, I'm dead. He said, we are dead. I said, don't use we are dead. Say, I am dead. Don't say we are dead. For me, I'm alive. When you want to die, die alone. Don't add me. Never say, yawo. Say, me. Don't say, yeah. I didn't tell you that I want to die with you. He never cried that cry. He took he saw that this guy, this Goliath, he's too huge for me to miss. You know, a large surface is easier to hit than a smaller surface like me. <laughs> so he saw that, look, this is an opportunity. The way this guy is so huge, even if I throw it, it can't miss this guy. It will get him. In the hugeness, he saw opportunity. And he confessed. He spoke and said, you Goliath, I will kill you. I will cut off your head and I will give the bodies of this people to the best. Goliath started cursing him by his God. He said, wow, that's what I like. 
We are moving the battle into the spiritual realm. You are bringing your God, and I'm bringing my God. And this time we'll see who will win. My God knows how to carry stones. And you know the end of the story. He threw his guarded missile. First guarded missile was created by God and used by David. He hit, he threw it. It dodged everything. It was marked where he should hit, who he should hit. And it avoided everybody. The word of God will never go and come back void. It was sent. And when the word was sent, it passed through all the mountains and the valleys and found the forehead of Goliath and hit the forehead. Bam! And dead lies Goliath. He did not go with a spear. He went for a guided missile. He said, I'm not even going to get close to you. I don't need to get close to you to contaminate me. Stone, go and finish the work. The stone which the men rejected. That's very stone. Picked from the brood, from the river, from spirit, the spirit of God, whenever you pick a word from the spirit, or the Holy Spirit takes a word and uses it, it has devastating effect. So whenever you are fighting a warfare, don't just go and quote somebody's words. Pick it. Let the Holy Spirit give you the right words to use in your prayers. Sometimes we learn people's prayers and behave like how people do and try to do what people do. No. David picked the stone from a brook, a river that is flowing, the Holy Spirit, and picked that stone. And it is only the stone that is picked from the Spirit that can do great work. Today, when you are faced in a situation, pray. Ask God, give me the word. Give me the right word from the spirit. Not a borrowed word from somebody's problem. But give me the right word. And anytime you get that right word, use that word. It will destroy the situation for you. God bless you. Thank you. I believe that I've said something. The Lord has given you something. And I believe that you enter this week. You will not walk ignorantly. You will walk winning all your battles. Not looking at the things around you. Not looking at the things that are troubling you. Not looking at the things that you have heard. Not looking at the things that you have seen. Not looking at the things that always torment your mind. Some of us have lived in fear for many years. 
No fear can create trouble. For about 20 years, you were living in fear that cancer will kill you. And still, it hasn't killed you. So if you had known that you won't get it by this time, the 20 years you would have lived free <laughs> without being afraid. I want you to place your mind on the things of God. Or the things that are noble, that are good, that are of good report. This is what your mind should be upon. And you will be a happy person in the midst of trouble. God bless you. Amen. We have come with all